0: to the wiretap episode six the long-awaited six episode of the wiretap i'm sure uh people out there who were listening thought oh this is just another pop-up podcast uh we've taken two weeks off um i have to apologize for that i got really busy I, i ran my first marathon uh super proud of that but um Things were, and that's not an excuse. I'm I'm not here to make excuses. I've been uh, spinning a lot of plates. You okay there? Yeah. Okay. I've been spinning a lot of plates, and uh, I am ready to rock this one. And I'm so excited to have my guest here today, my great friend,
1: Graham Bechtel. Hello, everybody. Hey, man. Thank you so much for coming on. Dude, this is an honor and a privilege, my friend. I've been waiting. So long to hang out with you, but also to do podcasty fun things with you. So this is this is awesome. Uh, yeah, first for time, coming. long time listener, first time caller. If you <laughs> will. long time, the month. Yes.
0: that we 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 have maybe a month's worth of material. Uh, today mm-hmm. is March twenty seventh, two thousand seventeen, and doo, doo, doo. I've decided that with this format, I would like to. Uh, go into political topics, but I actually, actually want to mess around with changing the format a little bit and go and spreading out into other things, because I think I've also been getting just burnt out. Things are so crazy right now. And every day there's new updates, there's new news. But I do want to talk about the latest thing that happened over the weekend, which is Trump care. Basically, the repeal and replacement of Obamacare, the Affordable Care Act, did not happen. Mm -hmm. Now, I know a lot of people on both ends of the Obamacare love-hate spectrum. I I know business owners who hate it. I know people that that were really screwed over by Obamacare. I also know people that it really helped. And so I... And I think that the health care bill that Obama pushed, his signature legislature, is, it, it overall is a positive by ensuring people that otherwise wouldn't have insurance. But there are flaws. There are things to improve upon. The Republicans for eight years, basically, have wanted an all out repeal. It was almost like a dogmatic kind of thing. Like they, they had yeah. to get this accomplished. It was yeah. their thing. It was their it was their thing
1: it was their field to die on it exactly. was like this is this is the make or break for our new new world order for the gop
0: yeah and just because it had his name attached to it it was obama's legacy and they just wanted to get rid of it but the thing is you have to replace it because people like
1: being insured yeah that's a big that's actually a big question like if this wasn't called obamacare or the i know it's not it's called the affordable care act but if it wasn't like it's colloquially called the obamacare act Would it be such a target? Like, would people go, I don't want to do that? Or or is it just, is it more sticking it to Obama in his eight years? Or is it more uh, just kind of like, well, this is definitely something? Because it doesn't feel like on the paper. And and I'm going to be very uh, transparent on this one. I'm actually a recipient and on the the recipient side of the lower income uh, for Obamacare. Side note, I'm a student. I don't have a real job. I, I mean, I host trivia on weekends. But like I I don't have a like a nine to five income earning job, so I make I have to have this to have health insurance. You're,
0: if, you're one of the people that is benefiting from Obamacare passing the Affordable Care Act and who right. can now, like, you, you can worry about, like, say that you break your arm. It doesn't have to ruin your life.
1: I mean, there are limits to what I can and can't get covered. So, yeah, there's, okay, t- yeah. I mean, I'm on Medicaid, oh, actually MediCal in California. So, yeah. like, there are a, a big laundry list of things where like, well, if this happens, you have to pay for it out of pocket. But but the bulk of it, the by and large, the most of it is covered. Well, uh, you have to talk about the cognitive dissonance, okay,
0: of the voters Mm -hmm. who want to repeal Obamacare, like 83% of people
1: like having Medicaid. They think it's a good thing. Sure. But... One of the things that Obamacare (laughs) did was it made uh, Medicaid available to more people. Because before before Obamacare passed, Medicaid was available to um, the lowest of the low income, mostly minorities and disabilities, people with disabilities or disabled veterans. That was the chunk of people that could get that, which is a big chunk of people, but it's a small subsection. Obamacare opened that up to, well, we'll, we'll raise the cap of a minimum income form from like 3000 to 13000 That's a huge chunk of people that now have coverage. The side note of that is like, if you don't have coverage, then you're gonna get taxed a little bit higher, you're gonna get a penalty. So yeah, you, have to you have to you do pay this. for it somehow. And that part is probably the one red line of the Obamacare thing that I disliked because I was like, if I don't want to pay this much money for health care, I shouldn't have to do that. That's That aside, everything else is golden and gravy. The only people that don't like this, and I've found this across the board, the people that don't like this part are the people that have a lot of money, a.k.a. the 1%, we've heard that name mm-hmm. many times, that don't want to pay for other people's uh, health and well-being. Yeah. That's really what it is. It's like, I have money, screw you. So it's really the, what this the is. The libertarians that you know, basically. More than the libertarians, though. Like, the libertarians for sure, definitely. Yeah, yeah. But anybody who thinks socialism is a bad word, because... There are parts of socialism that are bad, Mm -hmm. but by and large, the ideal of socialism isn't necessarily awful. It's just when it's put in the wrong hands, that's when it becomes bad. AKA 1930s Germany. Um, We all know that. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) that was a socialist nation. Always draw that parallel. Uh, But yeah, these are, and I'll let you get you get better words. than advice, But I'm like, once you start a train rolling, Phil, it just kind of goes. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, I I I want to also just touch upon this for the listeners that don't know, and you probably do know. We have the Republicans have a. Majority in the House, mm-hmm. majority in, in the Senate, and a Republican president, and they
1: couldn't repeal it, but, and they couldn't replace it. But do they have that? It's something that we're we're seeing. Okay. There's, yeah. a, there's a schism in the Republican Party right oh, for now. For sure. There's and that's why a... it
0: didn't pass, because it couldn't make everybody happy. It wasn't the magic pill that, that
1: was promised. Right. If this was a, a hunky-dory, go lucky everyone runs the thing, there's no... Oh. Uh, there's no reason why any of these bills wouldn't get framed. I, I need to talk about the, the fly in the room.
0: <laughs> that O <laughs> was because there is a gigantic, I thought it was a mosquito, but it's actually a mosquito eater, but it was on my neck right before we started the podcast. And Graham v- vigilantly stood up, <laughs> slapped his hands. Uh, it was, it was a, a, a moment of, of heroism and he I thought he killed it. It's still alive. It has risen from its watery grave, and I think it's grave. planning its revenge as we speak. Oh. This is going to be an exciting podcast. Let them come.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, no. So there's there's a there's a, a, a schism of moderate Republicans um, who are not liking the way that the far right wing Republicans are running things, and they're going voting, basically voting Democrat. They're moving to the other side, which is causing this logjam that was has been there for the last eight years. Yeah. Although it's not like a party-based thing now, it's actually more of a sanity-based thing now. It's like these things are crazy. Well, we don't really want them. Well, we don't really the, do. you know,
0: the, the Koch brothers' con- contingency doesn't want coverage for people with pre-existing conditions, which is one of the best things about right. o- about Obamacare. Like, you could mm-hmm. if you have a child who happens to be born with leukemia or cancer, they like insurance companies can't say no. Like you get insured, you, you get coverage. Right. It, it helps people not die. And because of the outrage from vote, from the voter base uh, and and the town hall meetings mm-hmm. with Republicans saying we want to have healthcare, that's why this thing di- didn't pass, didn't get repealed. So we can call it a small victory. But it you have to kind of revel in it a little bit when you say that we're gonna win. <laughs> you, hear about, you, hear, you hear Trump say, we are going to win so much, you're going to get tired of winning. It doesn't look like winning,
1: buddy. It does yeah. not look like winning I, and this at is, all. This is one small thing on the agenda. There are other it's things the like the horizon. the budget the is the budget is 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 Coming massive. Down, down the pipeline, cutting for arts, PBS. the way that's the way that's the way it's, it, <laughs> you know. Yeah,
0: it, it's a, it's a far right winger's dream. I'm sure, like they're writing it and, and like jizzing their shorts as as they're like, oh yes, yeah. cut this, cut that. Uh, and so there's a there's more victories on the pipeline. There's more conflict down the pipeline, but we can revel in maybe a small victory there. But there's there's so much to talk about. But mm-hmm. I want to talk about stress now. I want to want to
1: kind of change topics into All right. into. Yeah. How and this has been the get... political portion of our show. Oh, exactly. <laughs> you know You love it. Let's go to the next segment.
0: Let's go to the next segment. <laughs> so, you know, let's talk. You know what, Graham? Graham no. You cancel that. We'll edit it, maybe. Probably not editing. Let's talk about you and me and, and our history. Okay, we, yeah, we were in a band together. Yes, for for years, and most of the people that are going to be listening to it will probably know about that band. It was called Bob Knows Best. This is, yes, that's very true. In fact, my Twitter and uh, Instagram handle is still Bob Knows Base. Bob Knows Bass, Yeah, <laughs> I, I was. I think that's my email on 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 Gmail and Yahoo. We were actually in two bands together, Phil.
1: We were in two bands together? Yeah, we were in Spin Cycle. Remember that? Oh, my God. <laughs> Spin Cycle was a cover band.
0: <laughs> so we <laughs> that lasted for one rehearsal. You, we you, never played. You, you, no, you brought me into one rehearsal, and everybody thought I was a real dick because I was correcting the guitar player on the riff to Crazy Train. <laughs> <laughs> and and and, and it, it turned into like I could tell that I wanted to play the songs accurately, and everybody didn't want to. They just wanted to have fun in their garage, and I didn't understand that going yeah. into it. But, uh, <laughs> and then yeah. that it, it just what was the conversation? I'm sure you were in on the conversation after I left. It's like who the fuck was that guy, right?
1: I I, I don't remember it to be honest with you. <laughs> I do remember insanely. that they wanted to bring in a, a female singer again. They started off with a female singer. They yeah. let that one left, and they brought me in and they're like, we really want a female singer. And I'm like, why? And they're like, because you're a, nice, you're a nice guy, <laughs> but you're not selling any tickets to, yeah, to exactly. the horny dudes. And I'm like, oh, well, okay. And that was pretty much the end of my involvement in the whole thing. But I, I actually thought it was a legitimate project. And it yeah. turns out it was just kind of like, yeah. someone bought a drum set, it, 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 learned it how to play it. And it. then
0: you start learning that not everybody takes this seriously enough or yeah. is... I mean, you know, I should
1: is, have known based on the fact that we named our band after a setting on a washing machine. But <laughs> hey, you know, whatever. Those bands tend to not do uh, much. That was, but, it was a band that no matter what, the drummer played double bass pedal. Like, yeah. like always I'm like this is a this is a cheap trick song <laughs> I'm pretty sure they didn't have that you know <laughs> yeah just looks like let's sublime get... Santeria you know? <laughs> the
0: death metal cover of
1: Santeria yeah, which by the way I'm writing that down Satan-ria. somewhere. <laughs> Satanria I,
0: I, do practice. Practice I do practice I do Santeria. practice Santeria I do practice
1: <laughs> and I've got big iron balls. <laughs> so, so I don't know. Uh, Listen to this podcast. You, you all may may or may not know that that Phil, our, our gracious host, uh, is actually what I would call a, a musical genius, no. a music prodigy uh, in his own right. And uh, when he don't, came don't in to that. Bob knows best, uh, which you weren't you were there from somewhat the prototypical part, well, but not the I was beginning. But
0: in uh, in uh, at Joe's Crab Shack. We okay. oh, next to Edmund and mm-hmm. uh, Scott and yeah. they asked, Hey man, would you want to start a band with us? And I had known about the Hokie brothers, and which was
1: the previous band before Bob was best yeah. it was called and, the Hokie brothers.
0: And then I was like, sure. I was like at the phase where I was up for anything. And I think the first time I met you was at your friend's house. Mm-hmm. and when we wrote the, bob Knows best we wrote bob Knows best because mm-hmm. there was a a sign on 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 the wall this old i this old scottish oh, irish uh, prayer irish prayer so, Yeah. Um, like the like for those who, who dislike us please turn their hearts and if you can't turn their hearts then turn their ankles so we
1: see who they are so we are. know who they are <laughs> yeah. that's a legit irish proverb i found out like yeah actual right. people in ireland know that uh which i found one when I asked Naira, they're like, "Do you guys know this?" They we're like, "Yeah, it's famous." I'm like, "Oh shit, I thought that was a joke." <laughs> and, and we
0: and and from there we just I think the first uh, gig was at this uh, was it t- cable access? Was that the first gig?
1: It, it, no. it involved Mike. Oh uh, no! Our first gig was uh, at, when I was doing for a, a play. I was doing for I was doing a play called Love Hurts. Okay, and, and Big Mike was the director of that play. Mike yeah. uh, Mike Burgess, Mike. who's actually in town next week, by the way. Oh, way, no way. Uh, he lives in South Carolina now, but yeah. um, and he he's, was doing he got it. The tattoo man. He he's he's legit. Oh, he yeah. He is a bigger fan of the band than I think even any of us, are, yeah. <laughs> which is awesome. Yeah. Um, shout out to big Mike. You're such a good and, dude. And
0: we were in, this is to fill people in who don't know. It was a comedy rock band.
1: Yeah. We, we, we didn't have a specific genre because we were goofing a la weird owl on genre parodies, like style parodies. And, and I always was inspired
0: by guys like Frank Zappa mm-hmm. and, and guys that, that could jump from genre to genre legitimately and make musically interesting yeah. material that kind of, made see i always thought that good comedy makes you think and good comedy kind of offends just a little bit yeah so it makes you feel or in our case a lot of it a lot
1: of it yeah you know
0: um and i always want i I always had this this vision in my mind uh of when when we wrote the song reach around Yep. as a, a of a protest song uh about you know peace and love and unity but have like the biggest like most jockiest guy in the in the crowd like like making hand gestures and saying oh reach around and we got that we got that, that. happened a lot we, like, you know, people like didn't i remember, know why I, like, remember, I wanted people not to know why they're singing reach around
1: i remember <laughs> like we were in the middle of, of d piazzas which is a bar in long beach and we played there quite a bit because we knew the owner and there was these like cholo guys that were just hanging out yeah. they're like drinking beers and they're like getting into the music and when reach around came around and they started doing that dance which basically looks like you're you're, you're jerking off two, your two people. yeah. Well, maybe two. Uh, maybe two, yeah. I don't know. Uh, Depends on what kind of party They would jump up doing. and do it. And I'm like, yeah. this is awesome. This is exactly what we want. wanted to, to, to,
0: to break people of, of, of their norms. And I, and I think that Bob Knows Best was something special because it, when you went to a Bob Knows Best show, mm-hmm. it was an event. Like you could take your friend and say, you're gonna have a great time. Yeah.
1: I still have people recognize me from Bob Knows Best. Really? Yeah, legit yeah. happens all the time. I'm Like this is great. <laughs> <You're>, you know, <laughs>
0: your your big showstopper was let's go to Vaughn's.
1: Yeah, which, which was a
0: cover of Marvin Gaye's "Let's Get It On." Yes, and a parody
1: of it. But it, it was one of our few parodies. People people uh, people like to go. Oh, you guys are a comedy band, so you do a lot of parodies. And we're like, we don't. We I, like think, I think two? I, I
0: I had an affinity for more parodies than we actually did. I th- I would think about them all the
1: time. Yeah. We uh, I, th- I think we thought about them all the time. Yeah. But we never really wanted to put them in action because that was kind of weird Al's thing. Yeah. You know, and there's a lot of respect in that kind of sector and that kind of genre where like you don't want to step on Al's toes. Yeah. You can homage him you can maybe do a couple parodies. That's fine, but this when someone is that prolific in the game, that's theirs. You they own that, and so like we had to find our way to like how do we be part of this niche, but be good. And our way was put quality music on stage because all of our music was spot clean. Like our our <laughs> from everything from our bass to our guitar players. I mean, most of our guitar players, no, I won't say myself. No, I, I wasn't mean, very good at it. Um, you can pick up a guitar our and from an A chord. Yeah, a I, can, chord. I can I yeah. can play basic rhythm, and it's fine. Like the F chord hurts my finger. Uh, we had two lead singers, myself and Scott, and both of us were, were our legit singers, Scott being a citrus yeah. singer and me singing all my entire life. And so like, we had tight harmonies. It was fire, man. And, and we, we put that on stage. So we were saying goofy lyrics and goofy fun things, but we weren't a goofy band. We had fun, and we had a great time, but we were... I would like to say that we were serious musicians doing light topics, yeah, which is really kind of not a thing that you can find out there, really. You know, maybe there's a couple bands that will do that, but those bands are mega bands, like They Might Be Giants. Well, you you, know, know, the the
0: commonality that you can say Bob Nuzbis had with, say, There Might Be Giants is that the audience felt like they were part of something. Yes. When you go to There Might Be Giants show, you know you're going to be dealing with people who maybe are a little bit more well-read that have a, 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 a biting sense of humor. And when you went to a Bob Knows Best show, it, there was this excitement because God, you love this band, you love this group. And so many times, you know, I might go to say the hotel cafe or even some of the bands that I was in and it's like, there's not that energy. There's not yeah. that feeling of when you're in the audience, you feel like you're a part of something. And I think that was what
1: was really special about the group. And you, you left the band a little bit in the middle way yeah to pursue your own ventures which by the way if you don't know was a nationally recognized band which at the time was called flathead and then became uh, intercept intercept and so and, and, uh, <laughs> you know, you know,
0: i just got back from vegas and christian uh the singer got married nice. uh, there he's, he's all four of us are married now yeah. you know so,
1: so we we uh, we we went on what we thought was going to be how are we going to replace phil and then we found Jameis, who is equally a, a talented bass player and and fits in the temperament and was like a, actually kind of looks like me, which is weird. He did look <laughs> like you? It was like we have a type. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we have a type. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: And like we were both heavy at the same time. Yeah. And then now we're both thin at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> was, very
1: different different avenues how to yeah. get there, but yeah, definitely yeah, yeah. you guys are both fit. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so like that was kind of we we never lost our stride at that point, but we were like we we kept. We're like, stay around, be around, whatever you want to do, like be. Yeah. Somewhere, so like you would come back and play keyboards for shows, and then we're like, we like, well, he can play keyboards. We can have other members of the band. So we recruited like horns, and your brother played. My played, brother played, played trombone. Trombone, yeah. Uh, and then we we got a saxophone, two saxophone players, a trumpet player. By the way, a trumpet player, um, Chris Hauser, was originally a trumpet player for Sublime. Yeah. And uh, so kind of kind of a good, heavy. good quality uh, musicians. Awesome I, I, dude. I, I, by the way, I, I want to
0: feel like the stride, the high point
1: was the Glass House show. Uh, oh, I, I, while I love that show, I think headlining House of Blues was our top. Yo, but, oh, you know
0: what? You're right, man.
1: That, that, yeah. and you guys
0: were robbed. Like <laughs> you guys were really, oh, not even won.
1: that. Like that was the battle of the band show, yeah. which we had no business of being there. Really. We You're, kind of, uh, gamified the system to get to that final, by yeah. the way, uh, six years later, my friends in the band Festi won that show. Oh, wow. So it okay. is winnable. Um, oh, okay. Good. But uh, we are thought like no, I don't I think they don't they don't have people win but they actually win it we we won that show because they had an online vote and then we just like well we're a bunch of nerds we have a lot of people that go online let's just... and so our online vote was like four times as many as anybody else yeah we got beat that by by a band called Los Cacahuates, which means the peanuts <laughs> the peanuts gang beat us yeah um, but like six we made friends with Malia who was the booker at the time and she's like come back. Do a show. We'll give you the headline spot. Yeah, we we love you. Like, yeah. like and,
0: and and the band endeared itself to everybody who encountered it.
1: And we sold and that we, place out the second time. Yeah, which was awesome. Uh, the Glasshouse show was a huge show for us. Uh, a huge show for us. And then that that the, the, there was a lot of like pinnacle moments that I still fondly remember and love. But
0: yeah, but
1: um, I I've always felt like that.
0: And that it wasn't just a show; it was an event. Yeah. every single
1: time and, and that's what we wanted we we're showmen all of us are theater kids all yeah. of us to a T. like we all had some kind of stage in like how to put on a show for people without just being like people because you see a lot of bands and I see a yeah, lot of I bands think I think
0: I was one guy that came from music purely with a little bit of theater but everybody was theater with a little bit of music right right,
1: right. Mark, Mark by the way when he was Hokie Brothers never owned a drum set he played drums on Eric Becker's guitar case oh, he wow. put sticks on a guitar case that was his drum set now he's like a legit, awesome drummer. I yeah. saying legit a lot, by the way. Like I'm um, MC Hammer, well, too legit to you, quit.
0: You know, after after you've been doing something for what? If we don't enjoy the 15 years. You tend to be at least a little legit. Uh, yeah, I'm not I, too I, legit. No, I,
1: I'm, I'm. I think we were just too legit that we and I'm, we had to quit. I'm close to legit to quit, but I, I still have some <laughs> legit left but, in but me. But I haven't retired yet. <laughs> my legit meter is not quite full. I'm not legit enough to <laughs> to enter the retirement phase. Uh, I keep taking my headphones off because uh, you sound like a robot, and it's like. Oh, okay. i So, like, if I listen to you here, like, yeah, fun. Yeah, okay, cool. Uh, inside baseball, you guys did. Now you heard something behind the curtain. No, now you yeah, know how exactly. the sausage is made. Broke the fourth <laughs> wall. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and then and then beyond that, we. Um, I mean, we've known each other for has it been more than fifteen years? I think. Let's talk two thousand and. I. Uh, two? Was it two thousand two? Yeah, I think that's about right. 2002. Because then I, I I remember talking to Mark in 2002 about moving in with him and his roommates in Costa Mesa at the lockout we had in Anaheim. Oh my God! <laughs> the grossest lockout I've ever. Catella, a street call, a street okay, the street, the
0: city. Okay, the one. Okay, I want to talk about this because the one parody I wish I oh we always did was based upon an event that there was like a okay in our in our lockout we had this, the best times, but there was one time we found a bottle of Modelo with a cockroach trapped inside of it, <laughs> and we decided to take mercy on it because some girl had dropped off cupcakes. Yeah, I think the girl that Mark
1: was dating. When, you remember we, way more about this than yeah. I do. All right. And then we,
0: then we, we, we put a little bit of, uh, of the cupcake frosting inside the bottle of Modelo <laughs> to feed the roach that was tra- trapped it's in there. And, <laughs> and then we did. And then I wrote a parody of Hotel California. Yeah.
1: Which I had just learned on guitar like a month before Oh, yeah, that. I think. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I was like, oh, yeah,
0: yeah, okay. Um, on a street called Catella, down in Anaheim. In, in a lockout where we spent a lot of time. Okay, you, I, you don't, know I don't way know.
1: more about this song than I. Because
0: I, I, I loved it. I, I wish that we, that we had done it. And I remember then, that we wrote it.
1: And
0: then the is Thank you for giving me some of your cupcake. <laughs> Such a lovely cake. Such a lovely cake. And it tasted great. That's right.
1: <laughs> Thank oh my you God. for
0: giving me some of your cupcake. Dude, there was nothing a stage here. with
1: like instruments. Let's just go up there. And put
0: let's, just, let's just play it now. <laughs> <laughs> there was nothing here but a bunch of beer. And then we talked about traveling through time. And then <laughs> the roach was like huge and, and they had taken over the world. But he still remembered and us. And it thanked it us. And it thanked us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with his giant claw. Uh, a, and I always, I, 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 I love that. We also had a parody of, uh, we didn't do many parodies, but we had a cover of Tears in Heaven. But we called it Tears for Edmund.
1: Oh, yeah, Edmund DeVore, the King of Excitement. The Shout King of Excitement, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the lyrics were like, he killed a bear with his chest hair. <laughs> Which we, I think we didn't do that because it came too close to uh, Roundhouse. Oh, yeah, the Chuck yeah. Chuck Norris song. Yeah, yeah. So like, we basically took the Chuck Norris joke and made a song out of it. It was very popular for a while, and then it kind yeah. of fell off a cliff. Yeah, uh, but, but it, yeah, yeah, I kind of knew that because uh, like this
0: Chuck Norris thing that's happening right now is amazing, but it's gonna make it look dated down the line. But I guess we don't yeah, have to worry we, about we that.
1: We rode that train as far as it <laughs> could go, to the last stop before right we got out, some, off it. Yeah, but
0: people loved it for yeah. a long time. Yeah, do you remember the swing version of that? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, we we,
1: we I, I still remember one
0: of my favorite memories is when uh, we did Santa got a DUI. I think that's you guys the were we, doing
1: the swing version of yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah we Santa got a DUI, but then. Edmund left his Santa suit, <laughs> so you you actually had him get in in, in, in a, a costume, being Cros- Crosby, being Crosby. Got a so D D. One. said being Crosby, but Edmund didn't know who being Crosby was, <laughs> <laughs> so he was just walking around. And so it was a really bad impression of being Crosby. <laughs> <laughs> Which made
1: it funnier because they're like, we
0: didn't laugh out the loud. The best part that's about it was, so like, hilarious.
1: he didn't know who Bing Crosby was. The yeah. audience really didn't know who Bing Crosby yeah. was. So we're like, oh, that's this person. Didn't have the right impact, but it had a good I impact. I remember
0: at one show early on, we were playing the shithole. Hole and I was, we were the playing Starlight. The starlight. Mm-hmm. No, it might have been. I think it was 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 another place. But I was dressed up as Abe Lincoln. It was a Halloween show, and I started anointing people with my vodka tonic during the, <laughs> the, the during, during the prayer of uh of, you uh, know the, Pope. The,
1: the, the the Pope Pope is missing Pope is yeah. missing
0: <laughs> <laughs> like our Father who art in seven eleven Big be thy gulp thy kingdom give us, come give thy
1: burial be, be done our day old bread. <laughs> <laughs> dear, dear bread and deliver us not into the boost section.
0: <laughs> <And then laughs> And I was anointing people, and they were getting really mad at me.
1: Yeah, because <laughs> like, yeah. like,
0: like, I think I so, there's a, a, a good degree of Catholics in there. Yeah, but yeah. it was just that kind of irreverent. Like, okay, where's the line? We're gonna just push it a little bit. Yeah. And when you're when you get offended, I want you to to wonder why you're offended.
1: We, and and, and what We stepped about on the it? gas later in life for the offensive song songs with, like when Ernesto joined the band and we wrote Potasio, which is a song in Spanish. About sticking a banana in your ass, yeah, uh, you know, or or do you want a banana in your in your ass? So yeah. that one was a that one drove some people away. Uh, I loved it. I think it was great. We also <laughs> that also was when we had broke out the vuvuzelas, mm-hmm. like the, like the giant horns that they played at the World Cup a couple years ago, yeah. like or, very annoying. We played like four of them as trumpets. It was awesome. Um, yeah, Scott always had his didgeridoo. Yeah, which is no. to this day, he's the only person that I know that knows how to play that because I qu- I can't do it. I don't yeah, know I could never get that the, thing to make. He's a got sound. It, like down pat. I'm like, okay, more power to you.
0: Yeah, yeah. We threw accordion in. We would just. Uh, it was just a musical grab bag.
1: Yeah, if so, there was an instrument to be played and we had access to it, we were going to play it. Yeah, that was that was the the big part about us thing is, like, and a lot of them were played by Ed, who is not a musician by trade. Like he never yeah. really was. We had to really work with him to get just rhythm down. But uh, when he got it, he, he was got such, a, it. such a vital part of it. Oh yeah, it's uh, like you have later, a guy in his underwear with a crown on. <laughs> this, I'm talking about early Ed because later yeah. on Ed was actually pretty solid at finding the rhythm yeah. for being yeah. a percussionist. It was like great, like playing his mm-hmm. washboard. He got another job as another washboardist during the time <laughs> and <laughs> ended up going on tour with him uh, for a little bit, which is crazy. Uh, which yeah. is a band that I think are you involved with? No, Jameis is involved with them.
0: Yeah, yeah. Texas Runaway. Yeah, I think yeah. I think Jameis is playing bass for them now. Yeah. So that's that's in because Ed's not. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, he, he, he's out out of the project. But no, it, it, it was good times, mm-hmm. and uh, we've we've we we're not able to see each other as often. You are um, going to school yep. and kicking ass at it. Well, I'm trying. Say. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I'm really proud of you, man. Thanks, man. Because I know um, you you floundered a, a, around a bit as far as the school, as far as the advanced education goes. And, but every time I see honor roll, you know, A's and that's
1: awesome, man. I, and I, I do work, I think first of all, thank you. Thanks for noticing. Um, it's important to me because I, I think that the school thing, uh, I, I would say for those who don't know, but nobody knows, so I should just tell you, um, I left college when I was a very young person, like 21. Um, and I basically was a dropout. I was a flopped out, dropped out, didn't go to class horrible student person and leaving uh, instead i got into a fight with an administrator in the theater department at cal state fullerton and i'm like screw this thing i'm out instead of just changing majors like a normal person yeah um and so i i spent the next 15 years kind of i would poke into a community college and test the water and take a class even and then go this still isn't for me and then finally i was at a job and the job there was a um a point at that job where I was up for a promotion and someone else was a promotion and we were a very equal person. And the person that did the hiring looked at our resumes and they're like, well, the only thing that's different is that this person has a degree and you don't. So we're gonna go with them. And I'm like, are you serious? I have 15 years of customer service experience. I'm one of the best persons that people at this job, granted he is too. And the only difference is this piece of paper. Yeah. All right, I'll. you know what? Fine, I'm, I'm gonna take a leave. I'm gonna go to school. And they're like, we can't give you a leave. I'm like, okay, well then I'm gonna quit and drop my working life and go back to school, which at at the time 32 years old, 33 years old, is not a decision that you take lightly. It's very difficult to kind of like, I'm stopping my life. I'm stopping my independence. I'm moving back in with my parents who are awesome and I love them very much. I'm stopping all that so I can pursue this thing that I never really thought, and I still don't 100% agree that you 100% need in life. Mm -hmm. Um, In fact, I tell people that. People go, what are you gonna do after you're done with school? I'm like, I'm gonna go back to do what I was doing before. But I'm gonna do it with a piece of paper so I don't get passed over that degree spot, that, that spot for not having a degree. This is all just simply so I can play that game. Yeah, I forget who it says it, and there's a very important person that wrote an entire paper on this about why you don't need school. And I wanted to send a letter to him rebutting him saying, you do need school. You just don't need to focus in school like, on a specific thing. You could just go and take classes and get the degree. And then when you have the degree in anything, I'm getting a degree in film. I'm a CTVA major, cinema and television arts. Um I was not a CTVA person before. I don't know if I'm going to be a CTVA person after. I have no idea. But I know that I, this is a thing that I could sit down and I can focus on and get this paper on and go, okay, now I have a paper. Here, give me the things that I want. Yeah, That's what I want. That's what school is about for me. Mm-hmm. So, um, But it is, it is important to me. Um, it is a, a focus of mine to get it done because I do think that that was my biggest regret in life was to not finish something as rudimentary as a bachelor's degree when i had it in my hand when i was at cal state fullerton the first time i'm back at cal state fullerton now i had to go back to cal state fullerton you'd understand that like this yeah. is a passion thing for me i could have gone anywhere i could have gone to long beach i could have gone to you know try to get to ucla or usc or something because like you that. want
0: that feeling of leaving the campus with your degree
1: and saying it's been a long relationship but yeah. i won i win exactly that's it i win i win i beat you And I'm not talking about the school. I'm talking about old me. Yeah, exactly. You're in competition against yourself. Yeah, I beat you. I win. I don't regret that because I did it. It's done. And that's what I want. That's all I want.
0: That's awesome. And so that's awesome. I, I, I always say that it, my, whatever I'm doing right now has just been a constant struggle with me and my relationship to the D word discipline. Okay. And I feel like. As my discipline has improved, it's this the mother of all good qualities that that follow that, you know, Mm -hmm. I I do this podcast because I want to improve on my communication skills. I want to be disciplined about being steady, being up on topics. Plus, I want to have a forum to discuss good ideas and to, you know. I mean, just the fact that you came down and we got to catch up over dinner. I mean, it, yeah. it, 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 was, it was amazing. But in, in my health, in my life, in, mm-hmm. in my writing, in, in my teaching and in my pursuits, it's the discipline that makes the difference. It's the feeling you get when you're you wake up in the morning. And you're like, I'd rather not do this, but I'm going
1: to do it anyways. Yeah. And I think that which when, is a common, common thought. A lot of people have that, like, I'm not getting out of bed today. It's the people that don't are the people that are failing. <laughs> and it's not an issue of intellect, even. It's not an issue of talent that I, much. Let me amend my statement real quick. If there is a legit mental health issue, and then you have, like, a depression thing, I'm not including you in that. Yeah. Because that is a very serious topic. And some people literally don't have the the ability to get out of bed because they're fighting something that's very serious. Mm-hmm. And I, and I'm 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 fighting for them. I think mental health is something that we ignore too much in this country. But for sure, back to the political thing. Uh, uh, but, but say, say, barring
0: any issues like that, when you have that feeling of I'd rather not do this, but I'm going to do it anyways, that's like a small victory. Yeah, and you just build on those victories. Yeah, one over,
1: one step at a time, and then you fall back, and then you get back on and keep doing it. And you fall because back. it's a process. 2011, I uh, I I I was living by myself in a house that I, I missed that house. I lived on my own for the first time and only time now, and I, I regret leaving that. That's my now my now my next biggest regret is leaving that <laughs> but house. You'll get it again, man. Oh uh, yeah, it probably will. Knowing me, I probably will. But I I was by myself, and there wasn't really anyone to tell me or stop me from doing what I wanted. And I ran five miles three times a week. I ate very very well. I dropped sixty pounds straight yeah. off the bat. This is while I was in Bob Knows Best. Yeah. I remember doing this I because, remember because remember we when were you doing shows, a lot of weight, man and uh it slowly came back because i i you know i let it i let things back in i was like oh well i can have this piece of pizza i can do this And i know we're gonna i'm jumping the gun a little bit into your no. topics but no. um and now i have to fight to get that back down but i i realized that life is a cycle and and the discipline the d word that you're talking about i had it and i lost it and now i'm getting it back again and it's it's important to do that. So it's it's the mother quality. It's it's the, the it's the root
0: of, of all things that you know, I, I anything that I'm proud of that I've accomplished has been due to at least a certain amount of discipline. And I'm not perfect, and I I slipped. In fact, this weekend was a huge slip <laughs> as far as far as the diet goes. I, I I was trying to uh, actively. You know, be an example for people. Once I released the book earlier this year, but I ran into a bunch of problems, some of which you've you've heard about. We won't discuss all of them, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but some setbacks. But, but I will,
1: I will, I'm going to contend your point a little bit because I feel like, and I, I never, I'm not a fan of rewarding yourself with food and drinks, mm-hmm. but I know that you recognized things, and then you immediately, as soon as you got home you didn't say, well, I'm done, I screwed up. You're back on it. Like yeah. you went immediately back on it. Oh yeah, for sure. So you're a person that has enough willpower and discipline to know I can afford to have some fun a couple of days, as long as I get back on it and do it. That's something that's very strong about you, Phil. You're very good at that. Thank you. And and so I'm not as worried if you say, oh, I had a bender in Vegas and I had a bit too much alcohol. Fine, it's it like, happens, that's yeah, Vegas. Yeah, some
0: people live a bender. So.
1: Yeah, but some people, some people will be absolutely disciplined to a point and I, I'm saying this because I was one of those people. I might still be. I don't know. I'm very early in my journey in this part, yeah. but um, have a couple of you know beers and a couple of beers turn into a couple of shots of vodka have a, ooh, gross, tequila, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it just kind of goes on and on. All of a sudden you're woke up hungover on a Monday morning having to drive home. And it's, that is the crux point. Yeah. That's what tells you who you are as a person. You, Phil, you took the road was like I'm getting back to where I'm going to where I was supposed to be. I took a veer off my road and now I'm back on the road. Whereas other people go, oh, this is an offshoot that's going to go the other direction. And I'm doing visual cues on a podcast, yeah. which is great, but imagine <laughs> I'm drawing a di- drawing a diagram of a road and there's like a an off we'll like have baker some infographs <laughs> of, of your finger movements. It's, but essentially, you veer you veer right and it, it takes a lot longer to come back to that road mm-hmm. and. So, I'm not worried about that for you. I'm really not. Now, if you said, ah, man, I took a vendor two weeks ago and I've been drinking ever since, then I'd be like, okay. Okay. now we have a different conversation. What's up? Yeah. What's going on? What's up? Let's let's discuss this. But I mean, it's not you. And so, you know, that's a point of pride for you, I think. It's something, a feather in your cap that you can go, I can do this. I've done it. And not affect how my life is.
0: Yeah. So. It's kudos just, to you it's just yeah it's it's the trends that that you you tend to, to make in your life right. you know and uh well this is as good as formed as any to say that this is the year you've committed
1: you're yeah
0: gonna, you're gonna run that marathon
1: i i'm doing it yeah i'm mm. definitely i've got i've got some great help um obviously phil has been you've been uh when i say phil i'm not talking to the person. i'm talking to the listeners okay <laughs> more behind the sausage yeah, yes. uh you you've been kind of like you and ed devore who we just mentioned have sort of been like my Sherpa guides in this Mount Everest so far. Yeah. Um, very different ways. Uh, there's a crux point that happened now three weeks ago, the barbecue. Yeah, the I'm barbecue. it the word. barbecue. Yeah. Where we got a lot of the members of Bob Knows Best back together. Almost all of them. The only ones that weren't there were my brother who lives in Nashville and couldn't make the flight. Mm-hmm.
0: And I think that's... Well, yeah, I mean, well, yeah, well, you know,
1: Mark was in town, so, so yeah. everybody stopped. So, out. so we all got together and we we're there to have a barbecue and I walk in the door and I'm the first one there and Scott's there and Scott and I've hung out recently and we all know what's up. Yeah. And then people start coming and everyone that starts coming is like lean and fit and, <laughs> you know, very like focused on, on physical fitness and health. And I'm the biggest guy in the room now at yeah. this point. And it's like for, for for Bob Knows Best, if you don't know the the visual history of us, that was not really the case. Even when I was a little bit bigger, I was never the biggest guy in the band. Like there was always somebody who had a little bit more weight on them or a little bit more slubby and everything, which is not a knock on them. So to have that would come back to a thing where it's like, oh, I'm here, I'm 265 pounds and everybody else is under 200 right now. Oh my God, what what am I doing? Yeah. Wake up call, right? That's a bigger alarm than any anything else because these are my, you are my peers, you are my friends, you are my brothers, you are the people that, um, you know, I'd go to war with if we had a war, um, which I hope, please don't try that's don't that's get that's us into that's a war, please. Uh, that's not ten feet. <laughs> yeah. So to be out of the position of like, okay, I have to fix this now because I'm the one that's spiraling at this point. So I immediately started talking to people at the party, and then I'd known that Jameis lost a lot of weight. Because I'd seen him a couple months prior, and he—he he was like, he does—he looks like a different person now, which is amazing. you all do, which is great. So, um, and I just started asking, like, hey, what are you doing? What are you doing to do that? Like, how are you getting it? Some people they did it with some medical assistance, cool. Some people just straight up work, like mm. putting in the miles, putting in the food, and then you drop this knowledge on me that you have a book, and I'm like, you have a book? You wrote a. Book, and I'm thinking like pamphlet, but no, this is a 96 page. Uh, there's no way to describe it. It's, it's exactly what I needed. It's exactly what I needed to read. And I read the book in an hour and a half. And wow. I continue to read the book, by the way. It, it wasn't like a, well, read this, put that away. It was like, okay, I'm, it's my reference point now. So having that in my back pocket and like, okay, well, I know Phil puts in work. You put in work constantly you've laid out a guide to how you put in work you have other people like ed who are there to support you and do work with you okay this is all resources available to me and one thing i've been, become very good at very good at as a new college student finding my resources and using the hell out of them i can rent a textbook that costs 300 for 20 bucks i'm i shit you not yeah uh, so like if there's resources available to me it's helped me to achieve a goal i'm gonna do that i have to do that because otherwise i'm Basically saying, and I'm, I'm don't I'm not trying not to curse, but if I don't do this, I'm essentially saying, "Fuck you guys, I'm better," and that's not the case. I'm not. I'm, I am with you. I want to be with you. I want to be part of your your group. So I need this resource to help me out. Yeah. And so I took that to heart. That was, that was my uh, come to Jesus moment. Yeah. You know, and so when I when I did that, and I started to look at the the food part of it, which is where I started. I'm like, okay, well, this is a big stretch from what I'm normally doing, but it's not too different. I can make some things work. I can make some food products fit in this little category I, I don't know this thing i'm gonna send fill out a text message I'm gonna, so i sent you messages yeah. probably bugging the hell out yeah, of no, you no no
0: we, no no and, and do it all the time please because i i i, I like that you're it, it makes me know that somebody's out there you know following it and asking questions and i'm a resource to you like you said man whatever, if, whatever questions you have
1: if you're listening if if there is a way to get this book to your listeners i don't even know how many people are listening but if there's a way to do it please do it That's my impassioned plea to you, Phil, is get this book out there because it's not your traditional like weight loss how-to book. It is like it is Phil's guide to how to live a life, how to live Phil's life. So it's 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 meant in the first person, but it it applies to everybody. It's not I I never at one point read the book and thought Phil is judging me. I like Phil is being very open and honest and being very vulnerable, which is awesome. Well, because
0: I, I was in I was in that situation. The book is called The Fat Loss Arsonist. Yes, it's a free download from my website. Mm-hmm. Um, I call it an income a results based income model. Yeah. Whereas if you lose twenty bucks. Oh, sorry, if you lose, <laughs> you will lose 20 bucks if you lose 20 pounds. Yeah. If you lose 20 pounds, throw me 20 bucks. And there's no way to keep up with that. There's, there's no, uh, th- and it's kind of tongue in cheek. It's like, well, it's going to be based on results. If, if it works, then I would appreciate the cash. If you don't want to, that's fine. There's no way for me to do it. But I felt like it was selfish for me to keep the knowledge to myself because it's actually really simple. Yeah. It's not easy, but it is simple. It's, you, follow, you feed your central nervous system what it needs there's essential, there's essential fats, omega threes, omega sixes. There's essential amino acids and proteins, but there is no such thing as an essential carbohydrate. It just that's just a, a preview. If, you, if you're interested, so, first taste free. <laughs> first taste, first taste, That's the excerpt. Uh, and I learned this from a guy named Rick who helped me, and just and just said, "Hey, trust in me, and I'll make you. You can look any way you want to look." And I didn't believe him sort of, but I followed his advice and it friggin' worked. And there's no reason why it wouldn't be able to work for most people with, with normally functioning, you know, digestive systems and who have regular normal metabolisms. But, uh, Graham, that just means the world to me that that's your response to it. And, um, I love you, man. Thank you
1: for that. Yeah. I love you, man. That's that. It, I wouldn't be saying it if it wasn't absolutely honest. You know me. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't, I don't blow smoke. I don't. I don't uh, bullshit people to make them feel better about themselves. If it didn't work, I'd be like, "Hey Phil, it didn't work. Thanks for the try." Yeah. But like, I mean, I have on my stomach stretch marks which uh, the pregnant people that are listening are and like... This is three, three weeks into it. You this have is three, three weeks in, and I've see. got pronounced stretch marks, which means the stretched out fat in my stomach has rescinded to the point where it's showing the signs of like, hey, this was the part where it's fat, but now it's like, we're scaling back. Yeah, um, And like I said, any pregnant person, pregnant woman will person, like, you know, <laughs> I'm not assuming gender, I guess, yeah. uh, will know that like after you're pregnant, you have stretch marks because you're, the stomach area, the, not I mean, the uterus area, but... Uh, grows to a point that's not normal and the skin stretches, it recedes back and the skin doesn't know what to do so it shows signs of stretching. For a pregnant woman is like, ah, that's bullshit. But for a guy who is chubby and is losing weight, this is a badge of honor. This is a huge thing to see yeah. that because it's like that gut that I was worried about is going away. I can see my toes in the shower after three weeks. I am I'm, I owe you $18 now as of this morning just so you know and counting. I'm not stopping there. So don't expect to pay out until I'm done Jesus. Ugh, November or so. Um, but it's like it's, you, it, it can be done. This yeah. this can be done. I'm I am damn bound and determined to make this living proof. And the one thing that I've always wanted to do in terms of goals is finish a marathon. Yeah. Um, before a month ago, I was I had let that dream go. Like I wasn't even going to run Ragnar relays anymore. Which I've run I eleven of thing. those. Yeah. I, I love them. But I, I was like I can't my body shape. I can't do it. I'm 35. I'm out of shape. I'm done. I'm tapping out. But now, I mean, I, I'm not going to say that the runs that I went on are not a struggle. They're they're rough because I'm just now getting back into the exercise phase. But like I know me and I know that as long as I keep it consistent and keep doing it, those runs will become easy and I can run three, four, five miles without stopping. I can get that breath going back and learning the deep breath cavities that are essential for running. Mm-hmm. There's no reason why I couldn't do... Three days a week at five miles. Three days a week at ten miles. Go out and do a a half marathon. Go out and do a twenty mile prep run. Hit the LA Marathon. Hit the New York marathon. Qualify for Boston. Finish Boston. Go to London. Qualify for London. Be the beast that I know I can be. Yeah. There's no reason why I can't do that. But I didn't know that three weeks ago. It took a it took a barbecue to figure that out. Ironically. It took one of the worst food events possibly you could possibly do yourself. To uh, to figure out that things weren't right, I need to fix it. So. And you have uh,
0: limitless potential, and we all we all do. We have th- this incredible amount of potential that we tend to fall short of. That's what I was telling you earlier, man. Like when I look at myself in my twenties, mm-hmm. and you know I, I didn't do too poorly. You know, you, you made me feel good about that. You know, I, I did touring. I, I did make it in this band that did pretty well, but I felt like I was undisciplined. And I, and it took me uh, having a health crisis to a certain extent, having a triglyceride level in my blood test of 415, and having to be under the threat of taking uh, a cholesterol-reducing medication, yeah. that had me wise up. And then I had a guide, I had a, a resource, I had a friend who told me how to do it. And I was like, it's unfair that people don't have access to this. It's unfair and it's not right that people are getting scammed for weight loss miracle powders and pills. It's so simple. Mm -hmm. It's just, you have to understand that there are certain forces at work which is interested in keeping you unhealthy and reliant on the medical system and the pharmaceutical companies to keep you alive. There is an and underlying... The, and the sugar
1: industry and places the, like the that. The sugar
0: industry, the food pyramid, the bottom section is bread, right? And they remove <laughs> that, right? Because they, they understand that it's nutritionally void. But if people eat enough of it, they're going to gain enough weight. So the medical industry, the government doesn't want you to be healthy. They, want, they don't want you to be dead either. They want you just alive enough to push numbers into a system and pay your taxes but just sick enough to be reliant on medication in order to keep yourself functioning. And if you choose to remove yourself from that hamster wheel, you could actually be happy with how you look. And um, if this sounds interesting to you, download the Fat Loss Arsonist. I would appreciate it. Do it. Um, And damn, Graham, like that just, you you inspired me. I know you're telling me that I inspired, (laughs) you inspired me right now to say, okay, man, This was the right choice, because if I can help one person, if I can help make one person happier and and help them achieve their goals, you know, and I'm with you all the way, man. Like after I was done with with the marathon, I, I had a four hour, 17 minute run. And I hit Which a is lot is amazing, of by the way. Thank you.
1: So good for your first marathon. Unbelievable.
0: Thank you, man. Uh, uh, but I, I still, you know me, I still felt like, well, I had a lot of setbacks. What if I didn't have those setbacks? What would that number look like?
1: <laughs> your your <laughs> blog post was cracking me up outside, <laughs> outside of El Pollo Loco. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, really? Okay, cool. Thanks, yeah. <laughs> man.
1: Thanks, man. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm glad you enjoyed the blog, man.
0: Uh, brother, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, man. And Dude, we're, 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 we're shaking hands. We the double handshake going. The that was pretty cool. Going up. <laughs> uh, I love that you came on, and, and, and dude, come on anytime. Yeah, for like, sure. Like anytime you, you can be here. We usually do this, these Monday nights, and we can hopefully pop it out by Wednesday. But, um, dude, thanks for coming on, and, and I'm excited to. We should do an update, uh, you know, down the line, uh, and see, see how your progress is going. Sure. You know, as soon as I as I'm able to, I'll, get, I'll, I'll do my, my handing you money ceremony. <laughs> no, oh, yeah, that'd be a great episode. <laughs> That'd be a great episode, yeah. We'll we'll, we'll do a follow up with Graham and his story and his journey. And I'm super proud of you. Um, thanks, man. Dude, well, thanks for coming on, uh, listener. Uh, thanks for thanks for listening. Uh, give us a review. Uh, please hit subscribe. If you know Graham and I, uh, I would love a subscribe, maybe a, a review, a recommendation.
1: Thanks for listening. Can I do a, a cheesy plug? Oh, for sure. Go uh, for it. My my group, my improv group, Fancy Hobo, which is <laughs> our real name. <laughs> Uh, we you. are we are going to be playing the um, Stage Door Theater in Anaheim on April twenty second. So if you're in the Orange County area and looking for a good time, it's it is improv. If if you're like ah improv, but I, I that's my night to drink because it's Friday. There's breweries in that area if you really feel like getting some beers. But if you just want to come hang out, want, have a good laugh, come check us out. It's going to be like five bucks, it's really cheap. What's the date again? April twenty second, and uh, I think sorry. we're going to be at eight thirty p.m. So uh, definitely come see me, say hi. Great.
0: Thanks for listening. Thanks. Thank you, Graham, for coming on, and we'll catch you later. Take care of yourselves.
1: The Wiretap is produced by Phil Romo and Chad Costello. Logo and artwork by Jasmine Michelle Designs. Recorded in Burbank, California.